This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that shines a light on the ins and outs of everyday history. I'm Gabe Luzier, and in this episode, we're talking about how Texans were swayed to the secessionist cause, despite the best efforts of their unionist governor. The day was February 1st, 1861. Delegates of the people of Texas voted to adopt an ordinance of secession, making Texas the seventh state to secede from the Union. The decision was made at a state convention in Austin, where two elected commissioners sent from each county cast their votes. In the end, the Texas Secession Declaration passed with an overwhelming majority of 166 to 8. For a time, it had seemed like Texas wasn't going to join the growing secessionist movement of the other southern states. In 1859, Texans even voted to elect Sam Houston, a devoted Unionist, for a third term as their governor. But the state was also part of the South's cotton-based economy, which meant it depended heavily on the labor of enslaved black people. In fact, by 1860, roughly 30% of the 640,000 people in Texas were enslaved. So when Abraham Lincoln was elected president in November of that year, many Texans began to worry that the practice of slavery might soon be limited or even banned altogether. Suddenly, the idea of leaving the Federal Union looked a lot more appealing. Following Lincoln's election, seven states voted to secede before he even took office. South Carolina became the first on December 20th, 1860, and was swiftly followed by Mississippi, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana, and finally, Texas. As the other Deep South states began to leave the Union, Texas secessionists, many of whom were also legislators, started pressuring Governor Sam Houston to call a convention to consider the matter. Houston refused to assemble the legislature, believing that Texas had no legal right to break its loyalty to the Union. His objections were rendered moot when some of the legislators called a convention themselves. The county-elected commissioners met in Austin on January 28, 1861, and they immediately set to work drafting an ordinance of secession. Governor Houston reluctantly attended the convention, and warned that Texans would be, quote, stilling the voice of reason if they chose to leave the Union. Ultimately, his words were ignored, and on February 1st, Houston watched in silence as the votes were cast in favor of secession. While the choice to secede was officially announced on February 1st, the citizens of Texas were still given the chance to accept or reject that decision. A statewide vote was held three weeks later, on February 23rd, at which point the actions of the convention were approved by a large majority, about 76% of the Texans who participated in the vote. The convention then reconvened a week later, and after passing another ordinance, Texas became the newest member of the Confederate States of America. Governor Houston said the convention was unconstitutional, and refused to take an oath to the Confederacy, objecting, quote, 
and the name of my own conscience and manhood, among other things. The convention delegates retaliated by ousting Houston and replacing him with his own lieutenant governor, Edward Clark, in March of 1861. President Lincoln had offered to send 50,000 troops to put an end to Texas secession and preserve Houston's governorship, but Houston refused, saying, quote, I love Texas too well to bring civil strife and bloodshed upon her. To avert this calamity, I shall make no endeavor to maintain my authority. Houston left the governor's mansion without incident. He then traveled to Galveston, where, on April 19th, he gave an impromptu speech from a hotel window. He left the crowd with a stark prediction for the future, saying, quote, Let me tell you what is coming. After the sacrifice of countless millions of treasure and hundreds of thousands of lives, you may win Southern independence, if God be not against you. But I doubt it. I tell you that, while I believe with you in the doctrine of states' rights, the North is determined to preserve this union. They are not a fiery, impulsive people as you are, for they live in colder climates. But when they begin to move in a given direction, they move with the steady momentum and perseverance of a mighty avalanche. And what I fear is, they will overwhelm the South. Houston held to his opposition for a few more weeks, refusing to command troops for either the Union or the Confederacy. However, on May 10, 1861, he finally caved and declared that he would stand with Texas, and therefore the Confederacy, in the war effort. He corresponded with the replacement governor during the war, and his son fought for the Confederate army. Although he had done everything in his power to prevent secession, Houston refused to turn against the state he loved, even though he didn't believe that it could, or maybe even should, win the war. He retired to Huntsville, Texas, after being deposed, and died there two years later, at the age of 73. Throughout the Civil War, Texas served as a logistical outpost for Confederate forces, and the state's regiments fought in just about every major battle. It's worth noting, though, that at the same time, there was a strong resistance to secession and to Confederate authority among the residents of north-central Texas. This so-called Peace Party hoped to create a free-soil state in North Texas, believing, as Sam Houston had, that the South's fight to preserve the institution of slavery was doomed to fail. History eventually proved them right. On April 9, 1865, General Robert E. Lee surrendered his Confederate troops at Appomattox Courthouse in Virginia. On June 19th that same year, Union General Gordon Granger put a formal end to slavery in Texas by ordering the enforcement of the Emancipation Proclamation, a day we now recognize as Juneteenth. The slow and often painful path to Reconstruction had officially begun. Five years later, on March 30th, 1870, Texas rejoined the Union. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you have a second and you're so inclined, consider following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. 
You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, and you can write to us at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.